Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So how about that national championship last night? Three, three points, three points, three points, three points. Uh, but, you know, I honestly kind of had a feeling that Georgia was eventually going to have to beat these guys, and they finally did it, they man. They did. They wore them down. They wore Alabama down in the final period and put them away 21 points in the fourth period for Georgia. And a 33-18 to win, Georgia was the better team last night, and it was their defense that did the trick for them against Alabama. They all but shut down Alabama's running game. Now, when you take a look at the stats in this game, you'll see Alabama has more yardage than Georgia did. But all of that, or almost all of it, was accrued through the air. And Bryce Young, the quarterback, really was forced to throw a number of times. What really hurt Alabama more than anything else was the loss of Jamison Williams, their Mm -hmm. outstanding wide receiver kid from Cardinal Ritter in St. Louis. He went down in the second period. Their leading receiver and the star of the show went down back in December. So... Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, didn't really have a veteran core of receivers to throw to. And that really did hurt him. You saw guys dropping passes and kids who did not run the the routes exactly the way they should have been. And all that came back to really haunt Alabama because they couldn't run. In fact, Georgia's defense did a lot of stunting. It was Georgia's defense that won the game. Then eventually, Alabama's defense was on the field too long and Georgia just ran them down. Uh, both good teams, really good teams. Georgia was the better team last night. Would they be again a second time around? Well, they don't play next year unless it's a championship game. Yeah. But the fact of the matter remains, a 33-18 winner, I think, probably said it all because the Bulldogs deserved to win it. They did. Alabama's not going anywhere, folks. Georgia may be arriving. Let's face it, the Southeastern Conference is pretty SEC, man, it's a it's dude, it's it's tough, tough competition. But I think in the next probably five to ten years, we're going to start to see this thing kind of level out, and You'll then see. we'll have an Eastern, Western, Northern, Southern. Well, conference. that's the way college football is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be divided into sectors, and it's going to be after I'm long gone. But it will happen. That's the way things will work. Yeah, eventually, out. and I think that'll make make it a little bit more uh, interesting, especially outside of one specific conference. Anyone make any money last night on that game? <laughs> uh, this old man didn't put any chips on Yeah, hey, smart smart guy. He's getting smarter. 2022. Smarter for college now. <laughs> the Super Bowl tournament's coming up next weekend and right up until February 13th. We'll see if there are any chocolate chips. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'll keep that off the air. Um, so, uh, obviously, the season's over for college football, um, but we're already looking ahead to uh, next season in the fall. Um, either these teams have any big headline games next year? Alabama does not. Not at the moment, they don't. Now, these things can all change within a period of about a month if some TV network comes together and says, hey, you know, we can match you up with this for about a trillion dollars. What do you think? Well, then uh, sometimes you see changes. But right now, Alabama opens with Utah State in Tuscaloosa, then does go over and play Texas. Texas, which joins the Southeastern Conference, I think in probably either 2023 or 2024, along with Oklahoma, uh, is probably not in the same ballpark, at least in my opinion, as Alabama. That's a big game. The rest of it's Southeastern Conference and maybe an occasional FCS team thrown in there. Alabama's scheduled pretty, pretty good. I won't call it set because these things can change. In Georgia's case, yes, they open up with Oregon. And they're going to play Oregon at the Georgia Dome, or what they call used to call the Georgia Dome, 
beautiful. The Mercedes Benz Atlanta Stadium. It looks like it looks like a Mercedes it, Benz. It's a palace, <laughs> absolute palace. Anyway, uh, uh, Georgia will play Oregon, and then of course go into their Southeastern Conference schedule as well. So it'll be a pretty good one. Of course, Georgia comes into Missouri to play the uh, Tigers up in Columbia about mid-season. Oh boy. It's always a test. <laughs> it's always a test, but that's what you get when you go into that conference for sure. You're getting tested every other week or every week, it seems like. Um, also, with the uh, national championship, they take that time to uh, induct some guys into the College Hall of Fame. Is that right? We got some local guys that got in? They, they will be inducted next December, but mm-hmm. named to the College Football Hall of Fame. Two guys who have an influence in the area. Now, the one is a little bit shaky, but he did play down here on a number of occasions. Boomer Grigsby, who was a great line linebacker for Illinois State University and then later the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Grigsby played for them. He's going into the College Football Hall of Fame next December along with Gary Pinkle. And Gary Pinkle, folks, is Missouri's all-time winningest coach. Up there for 15 years, he's no longer the coach now. He stepped down. What, about 2016, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, uh, because he does, he suffers from lymphoma. But the fact of the matter remains that Pinkle, who had a great career at Toledo and then Mizzou, before that he'd been an assistant coach out at Washington, he's also going into the College Football Hall of Fame, and that'll be next December. And pretty much every Mizzou fan has a picture of that guy on their <laughs> wall, at least the ones that I was growing up with. He didn't put any chocolate chips on that game last night, but uh, what about this Chiefs-Steelers game? Well, that's the odds on this one are, are rather lopsided in Kansas City's favor, and that, that always bothers me, especially in the National Football League where nothing is really predictable as such. Kansas City is a 12-and-one-half point favorite. That's the largest of all of the playoff games. The over-under 48, I can I can see that one. I don't think I'll play it. But uh, 12 and a half points is an awful lot to give up. And that's what the Steelers are underdogs by in this ballgame. Of course, much of that is based on their game right after Christmas when they played in Kansas City and got their behinds handed to them 36 to 10. I was there. But <laughs> we'll see what happens in this one here. Uh, 12 and a half is an awful lot, but Kansas City, I can't see any way that they lose this game. I hope I hope you're right, but I don't like to say things like that because I'm a very superstitious person. But it will be nice, specifically for me, who is not the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan in the world, to watch this game and know that this could be Ben's retirement party. So hopefully that's what it is. Chris and Melvin and Frank are in his face and Nick and everybody else are in his face <laughs> all day long. Or I guess in this case, night long. But uh, yeah, so Sunday Night Football, Chiefs Steelers Arrowhead, it's going to be a blast like it always is. Um, pretty uh, big honor for a Bears basketball standout. Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Week. That's Isaiah Mosley, who had 43 points and the Bears lost. That's the key. The Bears did not win the game. 43 points looks good, but He'd rather have a W in the column. Uh, Anyway, Mosley had 43, and he was named as the Player of the Week in the Missouri Valley Conference. Mosley is the Bears' leading scorer and does a great job. He's a terrific scorer. Uh, Can he hit that game winner against Bradley in the game before? This one was not a game winner, however, as the Bears lost to Northern Iowa. Mosley gets another chance to show his skills on Wednesday night when Southern Illinois comes into town to play the Bears, but... Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Week, 43 points, and Mosley is only the fourth player in Bears history. Fourth player to score 40 or more points in a game. That's pretty doggone good. And two of those are by the same person. <laughs> this is really an incredible achievement on his part. 
Nice going Isaiah Mosley. Who's the guy who did it twice? Jimmy Dull out of Buffalo, Missouri. He had a 53-point game, and Damn. then he also had one in the 40s, too. Uh, had a great career at Missouri State. 50 points. What did the rest of the team get? What, they, what was it? Lost the it, game. Are you, oh, God. It, those are the ones that break. It's like the one with uh, Mosley this time because it breaks your heart because you can just see one guy doing everything he can. But, some, but that is why basketball is a team game. It doesn't matter. Um... Last but not least, uh, the argument could be made that with these teams, especially in the SEC conference, um, that are constantly getting to the national championship, they're the ones that are going to benefit the most from that all the time. Is that the way it works? Well, there is some argument. In fact, I had the question posed to me yesterday. Are you getting bored by these championship games? I know a lot of people are. Uh, well, moi is not because they are the better teams. They've proven themselves now. That field can be evened out a little bit if they expand the playoffs, and it's not a matter of if, it's when and by how many. Again, we reiterate, in my opinion, it should be eight teams. There are others who think it should be 12. There is a committee working on this, and I really think they're going to come to a decision here before too much longer, although there is a stalemate at the moment over, well, isn't there always a stalemate when you have committees? That's the way committees work. Somebody always has some rival opinion. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, am I bored by it? No, because these teams have proven themselves and what they have displayed to the country is, you want to be with us? Then you get better. They got better? You can get better. Don't sit back and gripe about, oh, it's the same team. <laughs> that really bothers the devil out of me because it, the opportunity is there to match them. Do your best. Hey, everybody is always asked to do your best. There isn't any such thing as one person or one team who's always going to do the best or always prevail. No, no, no. You always, you others have that opportunity, and if you stick to it, you'll do it. And he said a word there, though, that in, that I want to point out, and that's opportunity, though, and especially when it comes to teams like Alabama or Georgia, they have a better opportunity to build their programs because they have more money and their recruiting is better. Well, they, uh, I'm going to disagree with you. Not more money because there are limits to what all that's these true. teams can do. Yes, they have made they have big stadia and they have great support. And, and that helps. That. But there are other teams like Ohio State. That's true, too. Like Michigan. Notre Dame. Like Arkansas. Yeah. Like UCLA. Southern yeah. Cal. Notre Dame. Hey, they, they all have the great fan bases, too, and a lot of monetary rewards in back of it. Uh, it's a matter of putting your mind to it and getting better. Yeah, you're right, man. Well, Ned, I guess we're going to start right now. Put our mind to it and get better. I'll see you tomorrow, man. <laughs>